911, what's the nature of your emergency? Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody who is listening in on the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bolton, and I love mornings like this because that means that I am not spending them alone. And this morning in particular, I have somebody with me who isn't too far. He's in um, about maybe two or so hours away from me. And I had first seen this gentleman because I came across... um, I came across somebody's post explaining to me what Back the Badge USA is, and I started to dive in a little bit more, and I was very humbled because this gentleman in front of me started to send me some more information about him, his organization, what they do, and I'm going to wait and let him share all of that with us, but I have Mr. Darren Parent. He is the president of Back the Badge USA, and I am so, so honored to have you on this morning. Good morning, Darren. Good morning, Ashley. Um Back to Badge USA was uh, incorporated, 501c3 incorporated 2017, September 2017 is when we received our tag exempt. And uh, ever since then, it's kind of been an interesting road. We had a small concert in February 2019 uh, in Camarillo. That was our first event per se. And uh, a few months later, we were in Somerton, Arizona, putting medical bags in the back of 15 vehicles that did not have those uh, medical bags. They just built a very nice police station about a year before, but the vehicles didn't have medical equipment. They had a very nice infirmary there, the equivalent to a, like a small nurse's office. Uh, very nice building, but the uh, chief really appreciated us coming out all the way to Somerton. The reason we went there is because the need was there. Well, now there's other cities we know about in Southern California that people were calling us and they saw what we did in Summerton. And uh, we just got all these towns listed out that are in Southern California, that are in Tennessee, that are in wherever. And we estimate that between 30 and 50, closer to 50% of the police vehicles out there do not have medical equipment in them. And um, you know what? Uh, Fact is, police are trained in advanced first aid. They're trained to use that kind of equipment if they have it. Well, when we did the donation in Somerton, it was July of last year. And uh, within a couple of weeks, they had three drive-by shooting incidents. And only one person was injured in that. But uh, the police responded and they treated that person with one of the bags they had. Then they sent them to the nearest hospital, which is 20 miles away in Yuma. That's why we went to Somerton. Nearest hospital, Yuma, 20 miles away. U.S.-Mexico border, not a very good area there, 15 miles away. So they're out in the middle of nowhere almost. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. And and I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to backtrack for a second if that's okay. Sure. And what is a little bit of your background? What led you to even get involved in this at all? Um, The fact that there was a need, the fact that – probably the hardest job there is and uh i'm not gonna go into politics but i'm gonna say uh city council likes to get a picture of the fire department they like to get a picture of the police department but they don't like to give them the, the equipment and things they need you know they always have to wait for the next budget the next budget it's like you know what like somebody said in somerton that was there with us often the solution lies with just people coming together and making things happen. 
And that's how we put that equipment in the back of those 15 vehicles. And that's how we want to do what we're doing here at Fact to Badge USA. So, yeah, it was an idea that a couple of people tossed around and said, why not do it? That's why we incorporated as nonprofit. And uh, that's that's how we got it going. People just said, you know what? We've seen enough of this. Like the county I live in, Ventura County, every one of the vehicles in all 10 cities, whether they be a sheriff's contract or their own independent PD, every one of those vehicles has a medical bag in the back of it. And that's pretty interesting. But there are a lot of towns that don't have that. And there's a lot of other areas, like I said in my uh, email to you recently. It's a mm -hmm. lot of other areas, other things we can do. But, yeah, people just had the idea and decided, why not do it? Yeah, that's amazing. What is inside of that bag? Well, the uh, Summerton video is on our website, and uh, it does not cover what's in the bag, per se. He just shows them opening the bag. And if you're an EMT or you're, yeah, you know, you know your stuff, you can see it, it's, it's loaded with stuff. For example, um, four tourniquets are in every bag four of them that's a big deal and the tourniquet isn't some generic or economy tourniquet it's the cat tourniquet capital c-a-t which is the best tourniquet on the planet c-a-t stands for combat application tourniquet when the navy corpsman followed a marine corps in the battle in their medical equipment is a cat tourniquet that's the best that's the best one there is and it's not that much more than a, than a standard tourniquet. Uh, we also have occlusive bandages, which are a, well, I'm not a paramedic, but they're basically like three-sided coverage and they have one side that doesn't have any adhesive. So you can breathe easier if you have a gunshot wound or a deep knife wound, but it still does the job of keeping the bleeding down. And then there's Quick Clot, which is a brand, but it's just they're called Quick Clots. And those are basically for packing like a knife wound or a gunshot wound. We got, see, we got three or four occlusives in there, three or four Quick Clots in there. And we got the Israeli compression bandage, which the Israeli army invented that, or has invented for the Israeli army. It's a wide bandage, about four inches wide. And it can be wrapped around parts of the body as one big wrap to keep the bleeding down. And it's very effective. Those are just the trauma components, and there's other components in there. And then there's a standard medical bag with, you know, tape and splints and stuff like that for other injuries. But it's there to be the most effective to help keep someone stabilized until that ambulance arrives. Man, that, that's awesome. And it's certainly something that I think everybody can breathe a little bit easier in knowing that they have that good morning cleanse. I carry three of cats on me on duty, one when I'm off duty. <laughs> I'm here just a little late. Good morning. Good morning. What sparked the the idea for you to be able to, because I know you're not doing this alone. So what sparked the idea for you to turn this into like essentially a movement because you're trying to get more and more people aware of what you're doing and just the need for this because you're, you're saving lives by being able to put this sort of equipment inside of police units. What sparked the idea for it to be a national movement? You mm -hmm. mean what? What, what put the letters USA on the back of our name? There you go. Um, the fact that uh, not that long after we received our um, tax exempt status, uh, unfortunately, there was a Texas church shooting in Southern Springs, Texas. A man named Stephen Williford, who's a Facebook friend of mine and a real life friend of mine, he ran into the danger there. 
and he was not a policeman. He grabbed his rifle and he went after that shooter who was going into his vehicle to get a couple big duffel bags full of um, firearms and loaded magazine. He was going to go back into the church at Sutherland Springs and finish what he'd started. The man killed 20, 26 people. And Stephen Williford went and ran at the situation, ran at that shooter, ducked behind cover and took three shots at him and pierced his body armor twice. The guy was badly wounded. He got into his vehicle. And anyway, it was a situation where the first policeman there had a big bag, like your friend here, Clint, had a big bag of bandages and tourniquets in his own vehicle. All the other cars in that area, none. That gentleman went in there into that church where a lot of people were badly injured, and I'm pretty sure he saved several lives that day. The fact is, this has got to be done throughout the whole U.S. This just can't be a California thing. It cannot be a, a Vermont thing. It, we've got to be there wherever the need is. I'm glad we went to Summerton, Arizona, a little speck of a speck as our very first thing that we did because the need was there, mm -hmm. and that's what we got to do. we got to be everywhere that we can. If there's a need in the back hills of Kentucky somewhere, that's where we got to be. So how do you accomplish that? We accomplish that by getting the word out by shows like this. Um, we accomplish that by keeping our presence on Facebook and our website and things like that, promoting that and asking people, yeah, for contributions, of course, but also tell us what the needs are in your area, because there's going to come a time when we can do something here or here, just like Somerton. Mm -hmm. And if we can do something in that area, if we can do something in the back hills of Tennessee, and it's a little town that you told us about in an email you sent us, then we then we can accomplish that. We had a woman whose uh, husband died of natural causes. He was a policeman, and he was uh, admitted to the hospital uh, last year, uh, just after Christmas. And it was gut-wrenching. She sent us an email saying that Jack was in very bad condition now, da-da-da-da-da. And the fact is, we just felt terrible about that. And he unfortunately passed away. And um, these things that are going on out there, it's not fun. It's not an easy job. It's a hard job. As a matter of fact, um, it's probably the hardest job. Any, any Pick your three. You know, EMT, fire, police, they're all hard. They're difficult. But I'll tell you what, we need to know what's going on, where the resources can be directed, and then we can direct them. Yeah, that's beautiful. Good morning, Reverend. And I know that you're working on a lot of projects. There, there's so much. If you guys go to backthebadgeusa.com, you can essentially see um, almost a menu of some of the things that they do. And you, you do services that range from helping um, spouses of fallen officers to scholarships, helping with equipment and essentially filling in the gaps that exist in this profession. And I'm just wondering what else you think that you can do or you guys are capable of doing in terms of helping first responders. Um, it's like anybody at a VFW or a Legion Lodge will tell you, it's not just about those who are currently serving or who have served. It's about everything overall. And you'll have, for example, uh, one case that we had reported to us a long time ago was that 
a friend of mine knew a retired fireman. He was in his late 70s, early 80s. This was back in the 90s, early 90s. And his retired fireman lived in a small little studio apartment. And so Cliff tells me that that studio apartment had a leak in the roof that was just bad. But the guy was a retired fire captain. And so Cliff said, hey, why don't you ever get that fixed? And the guy was getting up there in age, and he said, mind your business. He's like, oh, all right. So then Cliff sees it about six months later, and he's talking to the landlord that owns the studio where Cliff lives and a studio uh, where that we used to own that studio where the fireman lived. Well, anyway, when the fireman bought that studio apartment, the roof, the, the, the man that sold it to him, knew the roof wasn't that good a shape, but it wasn't leaking. Well, now it was. So Cliff turned to this gentleman and said, hey, why doesn't he get that roof fixed? And he turned to Cliff and said, he can't afford that. That guy's barely getting by as it is. He told Cliff the story. He lost his wife to cancer 10 years earlier, all their savings, hospital bills, all that. He moved into this little place, bought it, owns it free and clear. If he can just get that roof fixed, yeah, the roof would be fixed, but if he get the roof fixed, he can then list that thing and move in of his daughter in South Carolina. And sadly, there are a lot of stories out there like that. There are a lot of stories out there. So whatever the needs are, someone is currently in the profession, someone is retired, we find out about something like that, we'll send a roofer out there and we'll take care of that and we'll just Make sure, hey, we don't want to mention who we are, but next thing you know, there'll be a roofer at his place taking care of it. Man, that, that makes it very warm inside of my chest. And um, I, I, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate what you guys do. And I do believe that there is this incredible gap that does exist in every profession, but in particular for these first responders and to have you as somebody who's kind of sitting there with a magnifying glass, but then who's also so open to be able to listen to what those needs are. I think it's a beautiful thing. And in saying that, if somebody is listening to this right now, Darren, and they might want to reach out to you, who would be that person? Why would they contact you and how can they? Why would they contact us? Well, the fact is we're a 100% volunteer organization. Nobody gets paid anything. 95% plus of the money goes back to the causes that we are established for. That's one thing. Um, Samaritan's Purse and all these other organizations out there are good organizations. They're very good organizations. There's a lot of good organizations out there. We hope that people would count us kind of as doing our job, being 100% all volunteer. Um, we have an idea of what we want to do with every resource that comes our way. And that's why we're keeping our ears at the ground, so to speak, um, as far as what has to be done. We need to know what are the things, what are those areas, those gaps you're talking about in respective areas. So if we know of something in that area there, we can take care of that. If we know that fire department in Ohio that does not got this and that and that, and they've been underfunded for quite a while, and two of those three things are pretty important, that's what we're keeping an eye on is those things. And if we can't, if somebody comes to us and says, look, do you know of a way that I can get this done or I can get that done? 
you know what? We don't. But give us an idea of exactly what you're wanting to do now. Like the gentleman who talked to me one time, his mother was a paramedic. His father was a fireman. His mother was from Indiana. His father was from Ohio. So when his mom and dad were both gone, he had money left to him from the, the estate. He wanted to take part of that money and donate it to paramedics in one state, fire in the other state as a tribute to his parents. We had no idea how to do that. But we said we can look, we can find out, get you the names of the departments that need some assistance there, and he can take care of that himself. Those are the things we do. That's beautiful. So how can somebody get a hold of you? Maybe they, they think that their department might need something or they want to help and contribute. How do they contact you? Um, the website is Back the Badge, B-S-E-K-T-H-E-B-A-D-G-E, USA.com. Go on there. We got our GoFundMe. We just uh, got that uh, put together quite a while ago. It's been about a year now since we got GoFundMe up. Um, they can make a contribution through there, and they can contact us through the uh, contact information on the website. We would put a number on there where someone could see it easier, but bots are sucking those things up like crazy. We get enough spam on email as it is. But um, what we'd like to do is have that uh, website be what speaks for us. Now, on website, we're back to badgeusa.com, but on Facebook, we're badgeusa.com. If somehow you can get our logo up here, if people see that logo when they just type in back the badge on Facebook. That logo separates out from a whole bunch of other similar things that are on Facebook. And I'm glad they're there. So, Yeah, beautiful. Clint, if you don't mind going and taking a screenshot of that logo and then dropping it in the comments below. And Darren, I love what you're doing. I love knowing and meeting people like you. I think that you are doing incredible things. I see in the comments here, everybody agrees that there is such a need from this and the resources that you're able to summon and then gift to other people is just incredible. And backthebadusa.com. If you have any questions or maybe you're listening to this and you want to help to promote Darren too, please, I encourage you to reach out to him. This is an amazing organization, an amazing man. And Darren, I thank you so much for spending the morning with us this morning. Thank you, Ashley. Have yourself a great day. You too. Thank you.